It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. It's a beautiful Friday, depending on where you're watching or listening from. I am your host, Ron Johnson. My producer, Sam Ekstrom, will be joining us shortly. But on today's show, I'm excited because we have first-round draft pick Lewis Seen out of the University of Georgia. And if you know what Georgia football is about, you saw the national championship, you've seen the battles with Alabama, that's going to be a fun one. But, I mean, he's the Vikings' first-round pick. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know too many other shows that have had him just yet. So we're going to get him early and get him out to the world. Also, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Wild, of course, and then we're going to have the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. See if Sam can stump me today with some of his questions. Well, as we start off the show, it's hockey season. We know that. The Timberwolves are done. Pat Beverly's still tweeting. Birds are chirping. Pat Beverly, I can respect the fact that he said, today his tweet today said something about he ended or the Timberwolves ended L.A. basketball. Clippers and Lakers both were eliminated uh, at the hands of the Timberwolves. He also then hashtag petty tweet. So at least he understands. And he said, angry, we lost tweet. Uh, You know, that was his other hashtag. So I can respect the fact that he understands what he's done and what's going on and that he's just being petty and he's bored. Um, You know, he he did hashtag Cancun basketball. Like, at least he can understand he's being petty. So I can appreciate the pettiness of his tweet. Some fans don't get it. Everybody's responses to him are, oh, you lost. Shut up. You're done. Uh, Why did you guys win? Uh, you know, why not tweet, you know, instead of tweeting, why not go work on basketball, all that crap, you know, all the responses you get. But at the end of the day, the man's just being petty. He's having fun. Uh, the world didn't end. Yes, your team lost, but the world did not end. So I can appreciate Pat Beverly, but going on to a team that's still in the playoffs. And as we bring Sam in, the discussion of, of, of Mark Andrew, uh, Andrew Flory and Cam Talbot should Flurry be in the pipes. Or should it be Cam Talbot? Now, early on, I was team Talbot. Why? Because I I live by the Mighty Ducks mantra. Whoever was there should start it out, and then you bring the superstar in after. But listening to the fans, as you know, I was at game two, and listening to the fans talk, mainly this one lady. I I wish I had turned around to see her, but... I don't know what she looked like. She might have been in my selfie video when I was selfieing that that third, I think, or fourth goal. Um, so that might be her with the mask going behind me. I I never actually turned around because she talked the entire game. And so she brought up like, because the other guy sitting next to her must have been a noob, just like me, or a, a casual. 
And she's giving him all the rundown of like Flurry and how he's, you know, 500 some games, all this other crap. He's experienced, you know, he he's won before, uh, he's had playoff experience. And so, you know, but she was nervous uh, here and there whenever he would come out of the, the the net and, you know, skate out a little too far. And if there's a quick shot across or quick pass across, the, the net's unguarded or unprotected. So listening to her talk about his experience, I get it now. I do understand that. There's something to experience, especially in the playoffs. Uh, Rocky start earlier. I don't think his player, his, his teammates were laying their, their bodies on the line. Uh, I don't think they were taking pucks to the ear and to the head and to the neck. Uh, just to stop, you know, him having to get a, a second shot or even a rebound shot. Um, when you think about cleaning up the house, guys are still around the net as the rebounds are popping off. Where are the guys at to box out, clear out the area so that even off the rebound, the goalkeeper can sit on it? Um, I, I'm still going to say now. So this is the thing. When we get back to the show Monday, Sam scenarios, the wild and the blues could be two to two or it could be three one wild or uh three one blues who's it gonna be i think that it's gonna be two two i just think they're gonna split in st louis uh i think it's hard to win on the road but i also think it's hard to beat us the same team twice um the break and the travel i think the, the 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 wild have it they can they can put that doubt in their head and get them down two one early and then i think the blues are gonna close it out and win game four uh it's gonna be two to two uh, I think Flurry's going to do just fine. I think it's going to be a uh, continued pace of what we've seen, which is you got to put up goals because no lead is safe, uh, especially with these two teams. Uh, but I think the Wild, in order to go up 3-1, I don't think the Blues will. I, I just don't. But to go up 3-1 for the Wild, they have to to lay their bodies on the other. I mean, they have to play heavy. They're big. They're they're strong. They're tall. Um, they, have to, they have to put their bodies on there. DeLaurier? He has to continue to enforce. He has to lay on guys. He has to just continue to just wear them down. So those lines are not in there. You know, so they're just, as they're out there, they're skating hunched over. They're tired. I think that's going to be the key. The Wild have to wear them down physically. Um, we know what Kirill Kaprizov could do, but you got to wear them down. You got to you gotta physically, I mean, like 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 our, our guest is going to say, you got to pose your wheel. You got to make them want to quit. You got to make sure, like, when they're skating into that crease or they're in that corner and they got to, you know, they got to dig a puck out. Their head's on a swivel because they know like, oh, man, somebody's coming to kill me. If you don't get physical and you don't get greasy and you don't bang, guys aren't nervous when they're, you know, when their backs to the to the to the action. They're just like, all right, I'm gonna get this puck out of here. La, 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 la. I'm gonna just go. You got to bang them into the wall. You got to make sure that they know I don't have a lot of time to mess around with this puck. And so then that shot coming out of that corner is not perfect. It's not great. It's just a rush shot to get it out. Um, I think that's the thing is that the Wild will have to do in both games because you're in their you're in their arena, and so they have that added energy. Um, you saw with the Wild, uh, the first game didn't go well, but the second game being there, you saw that with the fans. You saw the Wild feeding off of it. You saw when guys were you know three to four guys up against the glass. You saw the the, the home fans banging on the glass. You know, you know cheering their guys on. That that gives you energy when you're when you're when your people are with you. And so that's what the Blues are going to try to feed off of their home crowd. But if the, if the Wild can take them out of it early and really put doubt in their head and really continue to break Huso's will, he's not going to hear Huso sucks in St. Louis. Well, he might. Who You never know. Um, but if they can continue to put doubt in his head even, um, you know, when you're young, it, it mentally, this game is, I mean, look at Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons didn't want to play because he didn't want to have to shoot free throws down the stretch. That doubt can creep in, Sam. What do you think? 3-1, 2-2. 
I also feel 2-2, but I feel 2-2 reverse of you. I think the Wild have an opening here to win game three. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Blues have defensemen out galore. Marco Scandella, Nick Letty, Robert Bertuzzo. Um, They might be back for game four. I don't know, but they're not going to be in for game three most likely. So if the Wild can get their forwards against uh, in a favorable matchup against their, their fifth and sixth and even like a seventh defenseman, I think that gives them a chance to rack up the goal count again. They already scored scored six in game two. They kind of kind of figured out Huso a little bit, broke mm-hmm. his confidence. I think if they can leverage that into a game three win, then game four, you don't have any pressure. Then all the pressure's on St. Louis. Right. I feel like Minnesota wins tonight. Yeah, that's I mean, and so that I'm with you. That's I think that's that, that was my point. I think they can, I think coming off the win they came off of, I think that first game in St. Louis. I think they can win it. They just got to put doubt in Huso's head. I think he's there. I think he's Ben Simmons in this. I mean, not saying he's going to Ben Simmons the thing. I think he has that potential because when you're young, um, you mentally can get thrown off. You know, like guys that are great shooters, all of a sudden they miss a couple and then they end up going, you know, two for 20 in a game. And everybody's like, man, what the heck? And and that person's just short arming it a little bit, you know, so they're not getting the slap all the way back. They're not really, you know, getting their their body into the to the to the shot on goal because they, they want to be perfect versus just letting that thing fly and 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 hope that you know you're on target and if you're not it's hard enough that it's going to rebound to one of your guys and your team's there to uh scoop it in and get it in um that that's where i think that's going to be the key also on on fast breaks to um and then some of the penalties you know i i hope and i know it's not like basketball where the coaches kind of rag on the refs and you know then the refs pay attention i just hope that the coaches you know because hockey is gentleman's sport i guess you'll say you know they've had that conversation with hey these guys are they're 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 being a little bit uh flamboyant with some of their motions after somebody mm-hmm. just touches them um so that embellishment call you know i like that if that i think the wild have some embellishment coming um but you know you made up a great point like guys being hurt guys being out key guys being out guys taking pucks to the head um yeah when you miss a game now that 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 line that was supposed to be line three has moved up to line one or two or you got to mix up the lineup now and this line hasn't played together and that chemistry is not there this guy doesn't realize this guy skates this fast the passes are just a little bit off and the wild can capitalize on on a turnover where just a bad pass or a, a, a you know just they don't mentally know like you know guys you've played with a bunch and where they're gonna be like, you know, if I'm skating here, he's going to be here. I got to make this pass here because he knows it's coming. I got to hit the, you know, I know he's going to fake it and then pass it to me. So I'm ready, you know, versus when he's about to, you think he's going to shoot and everybody turns, you know, to kind of head towards the goal, the net, fakes it, boom. He knows the guy's there. So I think that's the key. I think they can get it done, but they have to, um, they have to play well and, and, uh, and capitalize on their mistakes. But up next, I'm excited about this one. We got first-round draft pick Lewis Seen out of Georgia. Uh, he's a heavy hitter. He's going to be a staple in the Vikings' defense, in my opinion. Um, and when we come back, he'll be up. But first, make sure you check out our other daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Superior Sports Talk with Carol Evans, Sports Director Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. Here, Reggie and Luke go back and forth about the latest Minnesota sports five days a week. Find it on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast feeds. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients 
and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Up next on the Ron Johnson Show, we're going to have first-round draft pick Lewis Seen out of Georgia. 6'2", 200-pound, I mean, just weapon. That's what I'm going to call him. He's a weapon. He's weapon six. I'm a big Marvel Comics guy So in, in DC, so if you know Weapon X from uh, the X-Men, I think he's that guy. I think he's the Swiss Army knife that can do it all. They're going to use him in different situations. We know Ed Donatello's defense is a move around defense, and this is a kid that can do it. Lewis, man, welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank you for joining me. And I want to start out first with I got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in the fourth round 20 years ago. So I feel old now talking to you because I don't even think you were born or you might have just been – because how old are you, 20? 22. Yeah, yeah. So you were a baby. You were born in 2003 or 2002? 99 99 okay so you were about two or three years old when i got drafted so i went to the baltimore ravens i was super nervous um i was the ninth receiver overall taken so i was coming in they were like hey you're gonna play right away so i ended up being a third receiver play right away but i was not so much caught up in the offensive teammates but i had a teammate by the name of ray lewis um who everybody knew did the dance you know so I couldn't wait to be in that huddle for the you know the first game and 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 see Ray come out the tunnel and do that dance and just the goosebumps being on Monday night um when you sit back and look at your teammates because there's a lot of great teammates on that defense um you still got Justin Jefferson on offense but I know you and Justin LSU George I know there's some some rivalry stuff there um but but who are you most excited about to get into that locker room and, and and you know learn from meet and just hang out with um, I already said this, I think, in a couple of other interviews. I'm really excited to really learn from um, Harrison. Okay. Um, you know, he has a whole lot of experience. He knows a whole lot about the game. He's a great safety that's been like in the league for a long time, playing elite ball. But that's someone I want. I want to get to learn from. Okay. And so, in LSU, Georgia, you guys have had your, you know, your stuff. You got Alabama in there too. But have you gotten a big hit on Justin Jefferson? No, no. <laughs> I, and frankly, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I'm gonna get allowed to. Oh no, you're definitely not anymore. Yeah, no, I, you can't, I can't touch, touch him no more. Him. You're done. I, they, they ain't gonna let me touch him. Oh yeah, no, no, no. He's coming across the middle. You got to hold up. You got to yeah, pull up. You know, he's gonna have the red jersey on like a quarterback. Yeah, no, you can't. Can't touch the franchise. But can't touch him. <laughs> but 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 looking at, um, you know, his. I mean, you've seen this international now. The gritty. Can you gritty? No, man, I, I can't agree. I don't even know the ins and outs about it, you know, but but I do appreciate his talents and his skills. Once, you know, he makes a big player, a touchdown, you know, he, he makes his presence known with the dance. Because I've seen some of your corners do it. I've seen some of your guys do it. So have you even oh, tried I'm it? not that flashy, man. I'm not that Okay. <laughs> so you're not the dancing guy? Nah. All right. So, Lewis, when you see this defense, you got Harrison Smith, you got Daniil Hunters, Darius Smith. 
Um, you got all these guys, you know, you got some Eric Kendricks, you know, you got some big name guys that have been in this league, Patrick Peterson, future hall of famer. Um, how, what do you, what do you think your role is going to be as kind of coming in? Uh, you're basically competing with Cam Bynum, but you know, we know Cam Bynum played cornerback in college. So there's some things there. I think they can move him around as well to cover in the slot. Um, what, what do you see your role being with this defense? Um, first thing is really, uh, coming in being a sponge. You know, I got to come in with the mindset of learning because, you know, it's a new system. It's um, everything's going to be new to me. So I got to be able to learn it and, you know, to soak in all the information they're giving to me. And two, I got to be able to, you know, listen, not only listen to the coaches, but listen to some of the words of the older guys. You know, I'm already knowing most guys are going to be are not going to want to help me. And some guys might take me under their wing. I mean, that's part of part of the game. Most guys don't want, you know, it's competition at the end of the day. I already know that. But I think my role is just, you know, coming in and learning um, and gaining the respects of the older guys because mm -hmm. that's how, you know, that's the way to get on the field. They got to accept me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, in my draft class – I had Roy Williams, cornerback out of Oklahoma, went to the Cowboys, eighth pick overall. Ryan Clark was in my class as well, undrafted. Um, and then Ed Reed, you know, he is, he's the Hall of Famer in our group now. Um, and, and he was one of the best safeties I've ever seen in my life. You know, we both walked into the locker room together. We were both, you know, uh, we knew we'd make the team just because we looked at the way the roster was made up. I mean, unless we absolutely had a horrible camp. Um, you know, I knew he was good for sure. I knew for me, it's just I couldn't have a horrible camp. Um, but when you look at guys like Ryan Clark, he was on my show and he spoke highly of you. Roy Williams as well. Roy Williams, I mean, you've seen highlights. He's a hitter. Um, he has a ton of respect for you. What does it feel like now to see, you know, these Hall of Fame, you know, big name cornerback safeties that now when your name pops up on ESPN because of the whole Kyle Hamilton versus Lewisine conversation uh, that these guys are watching you now? Uh, you know, I really appreciate them. Um, you know, they're, they're the OGs in the game, you know. They have a, they have a big resume, a resume that speaks for themselves in terms of years of experience, um, highlight reel, you know, things they've done. So those guys, I watch film on them a whole lot, you know, takes piece, have taken pieces from their game. And the fact, you know, they're watching me now, it's kind of dope, you know. So you know, don't, the best thing I can do, you know, is, you know, pick their minds, you know, ask them, like, what was their experience like? Uh, what's some of the things they went through so you know I can maneuver the game the right way yeah and so when you look at you know you, you got Kyle Hamilton I bring that up because because Roy made a great comment Roy was on my show yesterday and he made a great comment about Ed Reed and and so looking at Ed Reed now people always you know there's always debates that's that's what the media's job is and people are saying man the Cowboys or somebody else should have picked Ed Reed and he fell to 24 um, but Ed took that personal uh, Ed always felt like he was the best safety in the draft. And he, you saw it when he stepped on the field, he, every day we went out there, he tried to make a play. I mean, I got two touchdowns because of him on a pop on a pump block. Like the kid was out there on pump block blocking punts, um, you know, him, myself, Bart Scott. And so I, I really always loved, you know, when I got a chance to be on pump block with Ed, cause I knew something was going to happen. You know, when you look at Kyle Hamilton, um, do you do you now think you know you guys have like a friendship but a rivalry as well because you're going to be tied to each other for a while? Um, yeah, I got the most respect for Kyle. Um, you know, I got to meet him in the process, the combine process, and you know, this whole um, 
going into the NFL process, really. I've gotten to know him. He's a cool dude, uh, you know, real humble about the way he, he goes. And at the end of the day, I'm not in competition with Kyle. I'm in competition with Lewis. Yeah. You know, it's it's about day in and day out being the best me I can be. I mean, once I get to the NFL, it's not only Kyle anymore. It's just everyone. Right. That makes sense. So, yeah, I'd be doing my disservice comparing myself to someone else. So I just got to be me. Um, upgrade myself to the best way I can. And, you know, just let the film speak for itself and let productivity speak for themselves at the end of the day. Yeah, man, you got something that's elusive that a lot of players, I mean, a lot of players want, and that's a championship. Um, so you have a championship mindset, and there's people out there that always want to talk to champions. You know, you hear Tim Tebow talk about it. You hear all these guys talk about championships and, and what that season was like. Um, how does that championship you know, how does that help you and, and what can you bring to this locker room uh, for a team that's kind of been on the cusp at times and then, you know, just couldn't get over the hump? What kind of championship mindset can you bring to the locker room? Oh, for one, like a lot of people might ask, like, how is a rookie going to help like a established team really get over a hump? I mean, it only takes one player from time to time. Like, let's use the Bengals as an example. And they took Borrow and Chase being there to change yeah. everything for them. So, um, personally, I know what it takes because um, I'm not saying this is in a cocky manner, but the places I've gone, I've won. And I've won championships, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I know what it takes. I know the, the grit. I know the hard work. I know the hours. I, I just know what it takes. So, I'll, you know, I'll replicate that going to the Vikings and, you know, hope to hope everything goes well going forward. And so let's have a fun one, man. Have you have you been to the Mall America yet? Never been. <laughs> but are you a shopper? I'm in Texas right now. Because I'm in Texas right now, I hear yeah. a lot about and how big it is. Okay. So so that's my, my next question then. Are you a shopper and are you excited about your day off? Because uh, a lot of the players do it anyway. I mean, every time I go to the mall, um, I run into some, you know, I've seen Mackenzie Alexander out the mall. We've chopped it up. I've seen Daniel Hunter at the mall, of course. Uh, you know, we've talked Harrison Smith, you know, he's out there. So, you know, and it's not that far from Egan. Like it's literally right down the road. Are you excited about just getting out there? There's four floors of stores. There's an amusement park in the middle and just, you know, kind of hanging out, relaxing, you know, and, and just decompressing at times and buying some stuff. I mean, you got to have money now. <laughs> um, I'm not really a, a thirsty guy in terms of, you know, going to shop. Okay. But I'm sure my daughter does. So, you know, <laughs> with her, dude, she's going to want to go to every store. So I, I'm definitely going to check it out. How old, now, how old is she? Uh, she's, she's about to be five. Okay. Yeah. So I have a seven-year-old, so I know that feeling. So oh, yeah. trust me, uh, start off in, in, in Camp Snoopy stuff first. It's not even called that anymore. I think it's like uh, Nickelodeon. Uh, so start. That's in the middle. It has roller coasters, rides, all kinds of stuff. Tire out first and then shop. That way... The shopping, she gets less and less like amped up, and but no, it, it's oh, fun, dude. man. Um, <laughs> I, I used to, she used to want to go to every store, so <laughs> by the end, I used to be like, oh no, I don't want you to see this, so <laughs> you just gotta pick her up and carry her out. Yeah, dude, it's like All right, I don't want you to see this store. We're not going in there. Well, man, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to meeting you. Looking forward to uh, seeing you out in the field. I know Vikings fans are excited. I like the six the hard way. I think that's 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 dope, man. Like. Single digits were not a thing. 
Uh, but now they are and NFL players are taking advantage and you're you know you're one of the early ones as well that's going to kind of put your mark on this team six has not been a number we've seen on the defense so it's yours to carve out what it's going to look like but I want to thank Lewis Seen uh, for joining me on the Ron Johnson show and fans make sure you follow him on social media he is definitely uh, a humble guy but it's going to be some fun this year with him appreciate you Lewis thank you for having me Ron and up next we got the daily three that's three questions three minutes but first do you want smart post-game reaction from the insiders that cover your favorite teams check out our locked on sports minnesota podcast on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts get instant reactions from our locked on sports teams hosts with prominent reporters like kevin gore for the wild brandon warren for the twins and chalanga langison for the timberwolves no fluff just 10 minutes of straight analysis after each game subscribe to locked on sports minnesota youtube and never miss a podcast we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, it's my favorite time. It's the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes. Take it away, Sam. All right. We've got a Vikings kicking competition. Yes, indeed. The Vikings have signed a UDFA kicker, Gabe Burkich from Oklahoma. This guy is big, 6'3", 200 pounds, was 83% on field goals in college. So, Ron kicker competition who you got between greg joseph and gabe burkich so i do know kickers it's not about being drafted um i think the biggest thing with kickers is just being able to make sure uh they have the confidence greg joseph we know he's made some big kicks uh we know he was able to you know after what two years of just this this weird kicking carousel um you go all the way back to you know, making a mistake on a kid in Daniel Carlson and cutting him too soon, in my opinion, uh, not being able to uh, grow and, and and comfort him and make him feel okay about some of his misses <laughs> against the Packers. Um, he goes on to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and he's pretty good. Kid's good. Like he went to the playoffs. Really good. Um, so when you look at this competition, I think competition is key. You can never let anybody come into the building. I learned this early. Um, I just saw another guy that I played with for the Ravens post this yesterday. And he said, and I forgot one of our coaches used to say this all the time, but he's like, man, every day you got to earn your spot. You got to pay rent to be here and rent is due. And every day he would say that rent is due. And so this is not one of those month to month sports where you can take your time and, you know, have a bad day here, bad day there, have 29 bad days. And then you, on that 30th day, you're like, oh, hey, I found the money. Here's here's my rent money. It doesn't work in football like that. Like it's it's this is a this is a quick reaction. This is a gut reaction. Um, coaches don't have the holy grail of, of setting rosters. They go off a of field. They go off of when they're at practice, and we're all out there too uh, for training camp, and we're watching the games in preseason. You, you got to go off of who looks good, who feels good. I mean, I've been in that locker room. I've been a coach. Um, I remember watching Pierre Garçon versus Roy Hall. Roy Hall was out of Ohio State. 
you know, 6'4", 230 pounds, just muscle-bound, you know, dude. And Roy was good. Roy did some injury issues. I told Roy he should be a tight end because as big as he was, gain, gain 20 more pounds, dude, and go play tight end. Uh, well, Roy's injuries kind of took over for him. But you look at a kid out of Ohio State versus a kid out of Mount Union, everybody would assume, man, we got to go with the Ohio State guy because they also had Anthony Gonzalez out of Ohio State. And so it just seemed like Ohio State guys, yeah, let's, let's take the pro guy. But but Pierre Garçon, when you watched him, he fit. And so I think with the kickers, it's going to be the same thing. You got to watch who fits, who kind of makes the team feel comfortable when he's going out to make a kick. You know, do you feel that butterfly in your stomach every time? he's Now, maybe it's just Minnesota kickers that everybody always feels butterflies with every single kick. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to have a competition. I think it's worth it. But I'm going to go with Greg Joseph just now just because we know he's been here. He knows the pressure of kicking an NFL game. Uh, but the one common thread of this and the one equalizer the one denzel washington in this is this is a new staff so they don't know anybody they don't know that the scouts know the kickers but these coaches don't you know so hey it's anybody's game and that's that's the only problem with greg joseph's this staff does not know him they're going to know both kickers the same when they walk out in the field this year it's going to be anybody's game but i'm going to go with greg joseph just because he's been here yeah, Joseph was a tough evaluation last year because he hit some huge kicks and he missed some huge kicks. You know, he missed a big one in the Panthers game, in the Cardinals game, in the Lions game. Um, but he hit some big ones too. So I know he ended the season strongly, but I, I think there's room to improve from Joseph and find your next Harrison Butker or even, hey, the next Daniel Carlson. Find a kicker of, of that caliber. Um, maybe Burkich is the guy. Got to see him kick, see what his leg is like. But based right. on his size... I assume he's got one of those 60-yard legs. So right. I kind of like the rookie. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Todd McShay, in his fresh mock for the 2023 draft, Ron, has five quarterbacks being taken in the top nine. So if the Vikings want to find the successor to Kirk Cousins, do they need to get one of those five? Does that mean they need to trade up and get in one of those spots next year? Uh, No. So this is the thing. It could be a yes, but I'm going to go with no now just because every year these guys make these mocks. If you think about last year, they had the same thought going in early. They thought this was going to be a great year. Um, not great, sorry, but they thought here's the quarterbacks because originally it was all those quarterbacks we talked about, Matt Correll, all these other – everybody was up there. Everybody was in the first round. And then as the draft process started – Malik Willis, you know, he slowly dropped out of the first round. Matt Correll, he slowly dropped out of the first round. All these guys start going down and down. Kenny Pickett, you know, they th somebody thought there was going to be a quarterback taken at number two at one point. They thought the Lions should get Malik Willis at two. Like when they – like after Malik Willis did that, that turnaround, padless, you know, flip throw, 60 yards, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, that's the best throw I've seen. Then another quarterback comes out, he flips his hips and jumps in the air and throws the ball 80 yards. Oh, my God, that's the best throw I've seen. And then some smart persons tweeted, these guys don't have anybody rushing at them. They don't have pads on. What are we cheering for? And slowly but surely, people went back down to earth. They start watching film. They start thinking about what teams need, and it changed. So that's what Todd McShay gets paid to do is to do that to make all these teams think the same thing. Who's going to tank for whoever? Who's going to tank for Trevor? Who's going to tank for this guy? No, I don't think they need to trade up to get there. Now, do they have the capital? If they had gotten another first round or, or, or like that would have been the key. A first round pick from the Lions puts you probably in the top five next year. And that's why I think they should have tried to take the Lions 2023 pick to give them the ninth pick. 
or 12 picks, sorry. Um, or even a second rounder because you could package your two second rounders to get another first. Um, I just don't know if they have the capital or would be worth it to jump up there. Again, unless there's the next Ben Roethlisberger, um, you know, Eli Manning or whatever that group was, Philip Rivers. Like, unless there's like a quote unquote, okay, this is a no miss talent, Trevor Lawrence type Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I just don't know. Because even the kid out of Alabama, like Mac Jones is good. Um, but I think that's the system. I think Tom Brady, you know, he he benefited from the system. So I just don't know if there's a quarterback right now. I mean, that's me right now. This is this is right after the season ended. Looking at the guys coming back, I personally just don't see it. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's so hard. I mean, we have to see what Kirk Cousins looks like this year in this offense because if he looks great in this offense, he's been healthy. He is getting older though. Um, there could be a better way to go about that. Um, you know, whether it is trading for a guy like, like, look at Tannehill from Miami to Tennessee. Miami got him early, did not work out for him, went to Tennessee. Now he's great. Uh, maybe there's a guy out there like that. Maybe Malik Willis spends two years in Tennessee and comes to Minnesota. Um, you know, maybe Desmond Ritter, you know, spends a couple seasons and then he comes to Minnesota. Like, there are some guys out there that might, you know, might fail. And then the Vikings, you know, with Kevin O'Connell, turn him into a great quarterback. You just never know. Yeah, it feels like the Vikings are going to be just good enough to be sort of on the outside of of getting those elite quarterbacks. But if if everyone's saying that this class is really loaded at quarterback and Kirk Cousins has an expiring contract, I would love to have the plan in place, the successor in place for that final year of Kirk's deal. Right. Um, yeah. But so much has to happen between now and then. We'll see where the Vikings are picking. Um, I think that's probably the the biggest part of this. So. <laughs> Twins manager Rocco Baldelli is out with COVID-19. Uh, he's replaced by assistant coach Jace Tingler on the bench. So here's what I'm thinking, Ron. Here's my question for you. What sport is most difficult for an assistant coach to step in and be the head coach for a day or for several days? Um, selfishly, I'm going to go football. And this is the reason why. Most teams have an assistant head coach, so that person is already ready to step in. The problem with that sometimes, though, is that person is the defense or offensive coordinator. So now your week's duties where I got to get my offense or my defense ready to go. Um, but in Kevin O'Connell's case, my my thought, and I don't know, we'll have to see this, is that just like his, his former boss, uh, Sean McVay, he's going to call the plays. Like, I think he wants this to be his offense. He's going to call the play. We see a lot more of that now with head coaches, Andy Reid, Sean McVay, uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, like these guys, you know, Shanahan, these guys are calling their offenses. You know, Belichick defense calls his defense. Zimmer called his defense. You know, coaches now, if their fingerprints on that thing, they're calling it. There's a not lot of like Mike Tomlin, hands off. Tony Dungy, hands off. Um, Bruce Harians, hands off. Um, there's a there's not too many CEOs. PJ Fleck, you know, CEO, hands off. Um, Kevin O'Connell, I think that would be tough for the assistant to come in, not only have to take his job over, but also call the plays. Now, we do know in football, though, just because you're on COVID protocols doesn't mean you can't have a headset and be wired in to the team. Uh, now with with ways to like get a coach into the stadium early, get him in his own suite. Um, and put a headset on him in the suite so he could have his own suite and he can, you know, help out uh, from somewhere 
quarantined inside the stadium. I mean, I know there's ways around it now because of the relaxed rules, but I'd say football. I feel like basketball, basketball, like if you have LeBron, LeBron's going to get it going. Um, I, you know, I just think there's so you know, like the Warriors. If Steve Kerr is out, they're going to get it going. Pop gets himself ejected on purpose sometimes just so he can let his assistant coach coach. He can go to the locker room and hang out. Like you can tell because he'll get ejected and smile at the camera because he's like, yeah, I, I'm done anyway. I'm out of here. I, let me go out in, in, in a blazing glory. Um, baseball, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it being as tough. Uh, the managers are in the dugout anyway. You have your first base and uh, third base coaches. Uh, so much going on in baseball. Uh, hockey. Uh, I could see hockey though because of the line change and some of the decisions that have to be made. Uh, but again, it's the players on the ice making it. There's not a lot of play calling in hockey. It's more of just line changes, when to get guys in and out, who should be on what line. But again, with COVID, you can make those decisions anyway and give them the lineups, and and then you know from there he has to then go do the in game stuff. Um, you know the challenges, whatever it might be. But I'm gonna go football. There's too many moving parts in football. For when the head coach is out, it's tough for the game because there's so much that I mean, the challenges, the red flag, who's gonna be, you know, who's gonna be in, who should be out, you know, this guy's hurt. Do I play him? Do I not play him? So there's a lot that goes into that. I think football's the one. I think you're right. I just think there's so many high leverage decisions in the course of a football game. Run or pass, uh, go for it, don't go for it, you know, uh, kick a field goal or punt. Like there, there's so many decisions like that. And that doesn't include adjustments you have to make schematically, challenge flags, clock management, um, probably football. I think basketball is yeah. next because you got to look for those defensive matchups. You got to watch foul trouble. You got it. Now you got to challenge plays occasionally. I think basketball, then hockey, and then baseball is just so slow that you have enough time to process every decision kind of in your mind before it happens. Right. Um, so that's probably the order I would go. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank everybody for listening. But next week, Monday, I'm excited. Another rookie, a Caleb Evans out of Missouri. Another guy I was high on. Another powerful, explosive cornerback uh, that Ryan Clark mentioned. So we're going to have him on the show next week. Looking forward to that interview. But please subscribe to the Ron Johnson Show and Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.